Hello, welcome to Academy Days, a podcast of fiction stories for teen girls, wherein your host and author Judith tries to speak in a French accent. I do apologize to any French speakers listening. Academy Days, Episode 8, The Attic. Dilemma was there again, only this time it idled on the opposite side of the street from the school. It must not be anything to be worried about, Carmen Oliver's mom said, stopping the van at the curb. The school would have more security out here otherwise. Still, as mom pulled away and Carmen motored towards the school, she felt sort of prickly on the back of her head. She looked over her shoulder. The passenger window was down further this time, and yes, someone was peering out, a pale face, someone old with white hair. The head turned, and Carmen knew the person was focusing in on her among all the other students hurrying towards the main entrance of ECA. Carmen turned away and guided her chair towards the side ramp. Being singled out of a crowd wasn't exactly something she was comfortable with, even though it happened a lot. In the first floor lobby, Mrs. Cowan stopped Carmen. Oh, Carmen, I tried to call your mom this morning to let you know about the elevator. Carmen grimaced. It's broken again? Mrs. Cowan shook her head. That's the good news. It's being replaced with a new elevator. No more getting stuck between the second and third floor. Carmen smiled. That's great. Mrs. Cowan nodded, even as she reached out an arm to slow down a rampaging middle school boy. But about getting you upstairs. The service elevator in the kitchen was repaired last summer. Mr. Dawkins said you might as well use it until the main elevator is ready. Mrs. Cowan fluttered through a stack of papers in her hand. I need to pass these out. Just ask Miss Mallory to help you operate it. Oh, okay, thanks. Carmen turned into the north hallway, away from the crowds of hurrying students. Across from the library, she entered the cafeteria. She heard noises from the kitchen and approached the serving line. She spotted Miss Mallory measuring flour into an industrial-sized mixer. Miss Mallory? Carmen called out. Mrs. Cowan said I was supposed to use your elevator. My elevator? I did not know it was mine. Hmm, it makes me feel very important, having my own elevator. Miss Mallory waved towards an adjoining hallway. You may use my elevator any time you wish. Carmen laughed. Thanks, Miss Mallory. What's for lunch? What is for lunch? Doesn't anyone bother to read the menu I post to the website every week? Carmen shrugged. I think my mom does. Miss Mallory rolled her eyes. It does not matter, because I changed it. I was struck this morning, and when I am struck, I must make something different than what is on the menu. Carmen waited. Surprise, Carmen. Go use my elevator. I am busy. Carmen watched a moment longer as Miss Mallory poured something into the mixture. Miss Mallory's surprises were always worth it, and completely random. Near the walk-in freezer, Carmen spotted a call button next to a door. She peered through the door's diamond-shaped windows to see nothing. She punched the call button anyway and heard the sound of a motor, 
and then a gentle bump. The door didn't open automatically, though. Carmen tugged on the handle, and it slid aside to reveal a gate guarding a dark cubicle. Miss Mallory, she called. Are you sure this elevator is safe? What? Safe? No, you may not use my safe. Get to class. I am cooking. Cooking what, Miss Mallory? Carmen asked and gripped the handle of the gate. Chef's surprise, Miss Mallory shouted over the creak of metal hinges. Was this ever inspected? Carmen mumbled as she worked to push the gate fully open. It was awkward, moving it and her wheelchair at the same time, but she managed and then wheeled inside. In the dim light from the corridor, she saw a panel of buttons and a light switch. She breathed a sigh of relief when the switch worked and the cubicle filled with yellow light from the fixture above. If she was going to die by elevator, she didn't want to do it in the dark. By the time she slid both the door and the gate closed again, she figured she was already five minutes late for homeroom. She peered at the panel of buttons. All the labels were worn away. She pushed the button just below the light switch. A bell-like sound jangled, but the car didn't move. Impatient, she jabbed at the next button, already rummaging with the other hand in the side pockets of her chair for her agenda. She'd have to send it down to Mrs. Cowan for a late pass. The elevator groaned into movement, and Carmen watched, slightly disconcerted, as the gate revealed upward movement. The lip of the second floor passed before her eyes, and then a set of diamond-shaped windows like the ones in the door on the first floor. At last, the car leveled and stopped. I guess we've arrived, Carmen mumbled, and opened the gate and then the outer door. What? This was not floor three of Easton Christian Academy. This was the attic? Wood beams and floor. Dust and dust sheets, dormer windows curtained by cobwebs, the features of a long room that must have extended the entire length of the whole school. Whoa, Carmen said, and left the elevator. She knew the building was old, but everything downstairs was updated. Well, updated as in it had been remodeled bit by bit over the years. Here, rusted work lamps hung from the beams, Ladder-back chairs were pushed to the wall. The glass in the windows looked foggy, like leaded glass, and wooden boxes with some kind of stamped label were piled in the center of the room. She moved to a large lump nearby, covered by a sheet, and lifted the corner of the cloth. It shed into her hands, fibers crumbling in dry rot. She lifted the corner higher, and peered beneath at some kind of metal contraption on the table. With some effort, Carmen stood and managed to fold the cloth back to view a machine, a sewing machine. She'd heard the building used to be a textiles or sewing factory a long time ago. A spool of thread still sat on the bobbin. The thread looked gray and soft, like one touch would dislodge it into a pile of dust. Carmen ran a finger across the filmy surface of the table. It was like touching history. She should tell Mr. Pella there was a field trip to the past right over his head. 
Her finger grazed into some grooves in the table, and she wiped away more dust, more grooves. She rubbed her hand across them, probably the marks left by years and years of working girls, teenagers her age helping to support their families by giving up school for a job. Wait, the grooves were letters? Words? Carmen found a tissue in one of her pockets and rubbed the table surface. She peered at the grooves, letting the light from the dirty windows create contrast with the smooth wood around the indents. Here is my sorrow. Here is my penance. Here is my school. Carmen blinked. Sorrow? Penance? School? She folded the tissue and rubbed around the lines, hoping to uncover more words, but that was it. Suddenly, a bell jangled and Carmen jerked. She sat down in one jolt and backed away from the table. She looked around the long room. What had done that? What had made something ring in this empty place? She shivered. The bell hadn't sounded like the ones used to signal class changes. The bell rang again, and Carmen realized it came from the direction of the still-open elevator. Was it a warning? Would the thing take off without her, even with the gate open? Carmen hurried her chair towards the open gate. How much time had she spent up here? Five minutes? She doubted exploring school attic would get her a tardy excuse from Mrs. Cowan. She wheeled into the elevator and tugged the door closed then slid the gate into place. Before she could push a button on the panel, the elevator moved downward. A few creaking moments later, Miss Mallory stood frowning at her. I said you could use the elevator, not live in it, she said. And from now on, close the gate when you exit. I can't call the elevator otherwise. Sorry, Carmen shrugged. So, can I use it one more time? Miss Mallory stepped inside. Yes, and this time, I will make sure you get to where you are going. Carmen arrived twenty minutes late to her first period class, with an unexcused tardy marked in her agenda. All day, the words carved into the table kept running through her mind. What poor factory girl had put them there? What had made her push a knife into the wood of that table? to carve such sad words. She found herself writing the message into her agenda next to her list of assignments. Calculus Lesson 10. Read Hamlet, Act 1. Term History Project Topic. Here is my sorrow. Here is my penance. Here is my school. The words scrolled through her mind as she headed towards 8th period study hall. Carmen, aren't you coming to debate? Ira leaned out of the language arts room doorway as Carmen passed. Oh, I forgot, she said, and turned to enter the room. Ten or so students were sitting at opposite tables discussing the year's first debate topic in hushed tones. Carmen took a place between Rilla Myers and Ira. That girl, the one who'd carved the words. She'd considered the factory her school. What was that supposed to mean? Had she hoped to move beyond factory work to becoming a designer after learning the basics in a sweatshop? 
You found evidence for our second argument, right? What? Carmen focused in on the paper Ira handed her. Oh, yeah. She pulled out her debate folder. Mrs. Tomer hurried into the room, her keys and name tag jangling on the lanyard around her neck. So, what is it? Ira asked, leaning close. And where were you this morning? I was going to talk it over with you, but you never showed up to homeroom, and then I had to make up a test over lunch. Quiet, please, Mrs. Tomer said. Today, Team A will affirm the proposition. Team B will negate the proposition. Team B moaned. They had the harder task on today's civic duty topic. I'll tell you later, Carmen whispered. Call me. Ira nodded. Carmen wondered if she would ever get the chance to go into the attic again. Now that Mrs. Cowan knew she'd gone up there, she'd probably place restrictions on Carmen. But what was in those boxes? And did anything point to the author of the message? Carmen tried to focus as Ira stood up to present opening arguments. She had to forget the attic for now. But as she watched Ira arrange his papers on the podium, she couldn't help but smile. It would be so nice to talk it all over with him on the phone later. Knowing how he loved to research, he was the perfect person to help her find some answers. Thank you for listening to another episode of Academy Days. Although I don't provide life application at the end of each episode, there is a Bible verse reference in the details section if you'd like to think through your own. Have a great weekend!